Hi, you entrepreneurs. Today, we have Laura Bull. She is an author and a brand expert. Uh, in the podcast, you're really going to hear about how she came from the corporate world and ended up starting her own business. Uh, it was something that she got kind of pushed into. She had in the plans and she realized when she was let go that it was the time for her to start her own business and go where her next journey was going to take her. Uh, please take a listen. Please subscribe. And of course, tell your friends. Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's my Facebook page. I, I really run a company called Clover Marketing. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, everything online is directed to just me. Fair enough. And, and I mean, looking over your bio, you have a pretty, pretty impressive uh, background. So you started at Sony at the age of 18. Is that what I'm reading? Uh, yeah, I was 18. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. I was, I was just sitting there trying to think maybe I was 17, but I think I was 18. So, I mean, we'll get into the whole branding aspect of it, but let's, let's start from the beginning if we can. Sure. How, how did you, how did you go get a job at Sony? At 18, people are getting out of high school and thinking about, okay, I'm going to relax, take a year <laughs> off, maybe go to college. And Well, I graduated high school at 17, so that okay. gave me a leg up. So I was, um, I went to Belmont University for music business and marketing degree. Um, and that's based off of, I mean, they're in uh, Nashville. So, um, yeah, so I ended up at Sony as an intern when I was like baby, baby. And then within like a semester, actually within like three weeks, they offered me the job and I turned it down. Oh, wow. And I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to graduate college. I just started college, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then a couple months later, um, I, of course, kicked myself for that. And then um, like the next semester, I got offered the job again. And so I took it. <laughs> so I actually was working full time at Sony while I was um, um, trying to finish my bachelor's degree. Yeah. So what happened in that in that semester? Did did you grow that much or did something else happen to say, you know what, I want to take, go down that path? Uh, no, I just realized how rare it is to, uh, to get an opening. Yeah. And if you can get an opening at um you know, a starting position anywhere in the industry, you should totally take it as long as you don't graduate or as long as you still graduate, because I definitely still needed my degree. And I had a really cool CEO at the time who, um, he actually, he had a kid my age. And so he made sure that I was able to go to lunch classes and morning classes and evening classes. And, you know, so I still did a full load while I was working full time, sixty hour weeks. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And and when you were at Sony, I guess maybe it was the end of end of your time in there, ten years. You started spearheading the aspect of like artists, like Carrie Underwood, Brad Paisley. Did you have a background in music at a young age? Can you sing? Can you? you know, yeah. You... So I mean, so actually, I did. Uh, I was, you know, in music as an musician i will i will never call myself a musician though but that you know high school whatever um but um i when i started at sony i started in the marketing department and i worked my way up in that department so what i was doing was i was handling all the branding artist development 
uh, film and television placements, you know, advertising. At the time, we were handling all the social medias because that, you know, that that became its own department over time. Um, but yeah, so all the marketing aspect and artist development, and that's globally, not just U.S. But yeah, we did all of that. Wow. So, so so walk me through your. 18 year old interning, they offer you the job. How, how's the process of moving up the ranks in Sony? Uh, I mean, just getting in and getting the job done. I mean, this is also, you have to understand we had layoffs every year almost yeah. that I was there and we had a massive worldwide merger about four years after I started with the company. So uh, literally every single person I know, there was 13 of us that they kept Um, and they fired a hundred people in one day and in our office. And so I just happened to be the only person that they kept that they actually fired one person on their end. And that was for my position. Uh, But I just had made myself so invaluable. I knew all of the back end. I knew all the business side of things and they needed that through a merger, you know, they needed that, um, institutional memory. So I just got lucky. So what were you doing on like the off time to like, you're talking about, so you're studying everything about that maybe wasn't your current job, but other aspects of your job to make you more valuable or what were you doing to, to give you that extra incentive? To no, I'm, just all of the operational a- aspects wasn't really what I was doing on a day-to-day basis, but I, I made it a point to know all of that stuff. And and um, I ended up being the, the person that knew all the catch-all things in the, in the office. So that just helped me. And then from there, I really like jumped from an, ex- from a, an assistant to an executive within like two years. Um once the merger happened and everything uh, shook out, you know, but I mean, you just, you, you learn the job and you, and you do a good job and you keep figuring out how to do it better. That's basically how you stick around. And it's kind of funny because it's very rare to spend 10 years at one music business company. That's like unheard of. Um, And actually people would joke about it. Like, Oh my gosh, they're never going to get rid of you. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's. Where did that idea come from? I mean, was that ingrained in you to to go the extra mile? Because, I mean, there's some people that just go to a job and they do it every day and they just get by. But it seems like you took pride in it and wanted to. to Well, yeah, I I wanted, you know, the funny thing is, is that I was 28 and I had my dream job. That is what I didn't want anything more hierarchy at the company. I wanted exactly what I was doing. So, um, I just kind of, I always, well, first off, I started when I was 12 going after that job. You know, I was, I was a little, I was a little young and I was a little determined. So, um, you know, I didn't go do a gap year. I didn't do, I was very focused on getting to that job and I got there way sooner than I thought I would. So what, so what happened? So we're at 28 now and you decide, you know what, I got where I wanted to get to and now I'm going to I just became displaced that, uh, or, you know, I just, I was very disillusioned by that point and wanting, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I wanted a challenge. So I just left and started my consultancy. Um, and 
so I, I started my consultancy for a couple of years. I stayed in Nashville, but then I ended up moving back to Dallas because I could fly there whenever I needed to. Did, um, did and you then I, quit off sorry. the back or did you have a time of like a six months, like while you're still working oh. at Sony or how did that work? No. So I kind of, I timed it around a layoff. <laughs> I, knew, <laughs> I, I knew I was going, uh, they got rid of the entire marketing department. Um, and so I had a release that I was working and I, I knew it was coming like a couple weeks later after they had already let everybody else go. They just kept me around for a couple more weeks because they needed me to finish that that release. But um, yeah, so I think so I, I actually knew about three months before. Uh, you, so I, I really had like three months to really. Do you think you would have started your own company if you weren't getting laid off? Um, yeah, I think I would have, well, I definitely would have left at some point, uh, just because again, there's, there was nowhere for me to go at that point. Um, so I think that I definitely, even if it would have been at the same job at a different label, that would have still changed what I was doing on a day to day basis, you know, just wanting to, I, I, I found myself in a bubble and I couldn't see outside of that bubble. And so I knew I needed to do something. Yeah. So you, you have a three month plan. You knew you're getting laid off and then you're starting your company. How does that kind of that work? I mean, it was really easy. I just went straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, I just picked up a couple clients and I, st- I've always maintained to stay small and nimble. Uh, I don't want a huge office or anything because I want to be very hands-on with my projects and I want to be hands-on in different aspects that I was not able to be when I was at the major label system. So, um, yeah, so I only handle a couple of clients at a time and, um, I, consulting is different. Like my branding, um, services are different cause I can do that pretty easily with multiple people, but long-term clients, I only keep a couple at a time for marketing. So, so I, I think going after, I would assume going after a client with the Sony, with Sony behind you compared to going on your own and maybe not having a client base when you first start, that had to be kind of a little bit different. How did you tackle that, that beast right there? I mean, I always can fall back on the, the client oh, uh, for the people that I worked with. Yeah. So, and I had such a network built up that it really was not an issue at all. Okay. What, what were some of the, the, the bigger struggles that you, you kind of saw? There's maybe one or two that you think you might've saw throughout the process of kind of starting your own business from, from leaving the corporate world to, to building your own platform. Well, so the biggest problem is why I wrote this book from individual to empire, because all these clients wanted me to market their products, but I was constantly having to tell them, uh, we don't have a brand here. And so without the brand, you know, we really can't move forward because you're just going to waste this money. You're going to go down a path that is, you know, you're going to have to redo everything that you've just spent, you know, X amount of time and resources doing. So, you know, I always say that marketing is what you do for the next 20 days and branding is what you do for the next 20 years. And so I really started, realizing that there was a massive need in this marketplace where people are also the product. They don't realize a lot of the time they're creative minds, not all the time. Cause like, you know, p- politicians would fall into this category and 
um, you know, there's lots of people that would fall under the category of an influencer. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of the times um, they are creative. And with that, they don't see themselves as entrepreneurs. And so you really have to educate them. A, you are the CEO of your company. So every single person that you bring on this team, you are responsible for. But B, you are a brand like a Nike shoe. And there are a lot of things that go with that. And of course, as a, because it's a person, there are also very unique things that go along with that. Um, and so that it's really been an education process for me to explain to a lot of independent artists and potential clients that, you know, you really need to figure out your brand before you do anything. Is there, what's the easiest way? So let's say someone's working with you or someone's trying to work with you and, and they don't have a brand. Is there something they can look at, dissect, or something, a question that you can ask them that go, this might lead you to the path of finding who they, what your brand's going to be? No, it's definitely not that easy. Okay. <clears throat> That's So the entire book, really, it starts with, uh, part one is really a, um, a positive psychology and how psychology actually impacts a person's brand. So when you're talking, think Ellen, think Martha Stewart, think Oprah Winfrey. These people are people, yes, but they also have their personal brand yeah. on public products, whether it's at Kmart or if it's on a magazine stand or books or whatever. You know, Ellen has a clothing line, like a pet line. These people and I call them influencers because using the term celebrity is not accurate either because not all celebrities have the power of influence. Mm. Um, and so it's really people who are influencing an audience based off of a, a preconceived relationship that they have, whether it be online or offline. So it's not just content creators. Um, so really, you have to go through this psychological dissection and um, introspection to figure out really what your personal brand is first. And then you go into what I have as the brand matrix. And that shows the reader how to figure out how to use all of those things that make them unique and authentic. How do you put that into a product by using three main brand elements, the image, the narrative and the product itself. So think about like a perfume bottle. The, the scent itself is the product. That chemical composition is the product that is being sold. The packaging and the fonts chosen and the color choices, all of that is the image. That image has to say what and reflect what is in that chemical scent. And then the tagline or, you know, the just do it, if you will, or whatever the message is, is going to be, you know, that narrative that it also has to reflect what that scent is in that bottle or it won't sell, or the consumer will get confused. And then on top of that, the third part of the book dives into the private versus the public narrative, and what exactly does need to be factored into a public narrative so that you don't uh, get an issue with authenticity, um, or, you know, like a TMZ moment that's really bad for your brand. Um, and then evolution. So I mentioned Martha Stewart earlier, you know, brands aren't supposed to change over time. They're supposed to stay consistent. Nike today is the same as Nike in 1989 when they launched Just Do It. So, you know, a person, though, is going to change their priorities. They're going to have different life experiences. And 
Therefore, the brand has to evolve and evolution does not equate to change. And so my book really shows the reader how to successfully evolve and to prepare to evolve over time without changing the core elements of the brand. So there's a lot that goes into it. Hmm. And um, can you tell the listeners the, the name of the book? And I think it comes out this one. It's already out. Oh, it is out. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just came out uh, last week. It is oh, okay, from okay. from Individual to Empire, a guide to building an authentic and uh, powerful brand. Perfect. Now, if if you could look at maybe that younger person, that 12-year-old girl, is there any kind of advice you might give her at that time? It sounds it sounds like you had a pretty pretty strong game plan put together getting to Sony at the age of uh, our executive at 28. And is there any kind of advice that you could you could give that person? Well, I I did have a very like, you know, laser focus. But then again, by the time I was 28, I was like, okay, now what? I never thought I was going to be an author. I never yeah. thought I was going to be a professor. I never, you know, so <laughs> it's the the other stuff, but I have stayed true to my purpose, which is to help other people. I help other people get their music heard and their dreams fulfilled. I help students figure out their way into marketing and music industry. And, you know, now I'm hoping to help way more people with the book. That's, you know, the object of writing it. So I think the biggest, um, the biggest advice, sorry, I had to cough. Um, the biggest advice I think I would give is to really maintain um, a work-life balance because, you know, I was all the time corporate job. I was totally laser focused to the point of like never going on vacations, never doing it. I was a complete workaholic. Um, and it was great to get to where I wanted to get for sure. But, you know, you, you do get into a bubble and you actually – are less creative and less efficient, which positive psychology actually proves that, uh, if you are not working at your optimum level. And one of the big things that I talk about in my book is an unhealthy influencer is also an unhealthy business because the influencer is the business. If the celebrity uh, burns out, you know, which I have seen many times and it's sad, you know, they spiral down, there's depression, there's addiction, there's all kinds of stuff. The The product can't sustain itself because you are the product, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the same thing for anybody in corporate life or anywhere, really. You are your product that you're selling, which is you. And so you really need to, uh, you know, take care of that. So that when did you come to that, like, epiphany of that work-life balance? Was that something... Your early 20s, mid 20s, later in life or uh, later in life. <laughs> uh, now that I'm married and I have a kid and one on the way. And, uh, you know, that was one of the reasons I moved back to Dallas, you know, to have more of a life balance, because everywhere I went in Nashville, I would run into people that I know work wise. If I went out in Nashville, it was with work friends, you know, whether they were in my company or not, the entire industry there knows each other. So. Yeah, you just you get into a place where it's like everything you do and you're going out to have fun, but then you're talking about work all the time. So, um, yeah, it, and actually, again, it makes me way more proficient not living there and just flying in when I need to, which I saw a couple of artists do. And um, I wish I would have gotten hip to that fact faster. <laughs> they didn't live in Nashville. They lived somewhere else. Um, 
and they only came in to record or to, to have business meetings. And those were really successful artists. So it makes sense. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that had to be, that had to be tough for you to kind of like give up, not give up, but actually find that balance later on. I know for myself and people in my profession is when they get into the real estate field, they're kind of hyper-focused because they got to make a living. And then when yeah, you start figuring out that balance, so you, you come to that point, you're like, where have I been last year? What have I done with my own personal self? Yeah. So one of the things I talk and, and realtors are also influencers, right? They have to sell themselves. Yeah before they can sell a house it's you know the house is secondary to them selling themselves so you know i I do talk about um energy um and how much you spend and how you direct your energy because um i don't know if you've ever heard of jim lore but he is a psychologist and a performance coach for all the great athletes in the world and he really teaches the athletes how to you know with physical training how do they mentally get two seconds faster mm. to break world codes and, or, um, you know, whatever, um, world records. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> and, uh, people listening, and, Laura is a little sick right now. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyways, so when, so when he breaks it down, he actually gives it, um, a pyramid, which I talk about in my book, kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, your physical needs, your mental needs, spiritual, etc. He breaks that down with energy. And he's basically says it's the same thing. It's like you should spend, you know, X amount, the bottom of the pyramid on physical energy, because that's what keeps you healthy. And that's what keeps your mind healthy. And then, you know, you go up from there. And so you only have a finite amount of energy. And where do you spend it? to make sure that you are the most efficient uh, that you can be and, yeah. and creative and all of that falls into it. So. Well, well, what's next for you? What's, what's this uh, creative person that I'm talking to next for you? You have the book, you help a lot of people with the coaching, mentoring, all that kind of stuff. What's next? Well, I'm going to keep coaching and, and, and consulting. Cause that's, I mean, that's what I enjoy doing. So that's definitely going to happen. And hopefully a whole nother conversation will start happening around the book. I mean, it's only been out for a week now. Um, but I, people are already asking me if I'm writing my second book. And there's no way. <laughs> I spent five years on this. I joke that I, I wrote 100,000 words, but only 50,000 good ones. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that's what you see in the book. But yeah, I mean, the book is really the focus in the short amount of time. And then I've got a baby on the way. So that's pretty much I'm, I'm going to be checking out in the end of the year for sure. <laughs> Congratulations. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? Uh, no, we're really early right now. So oh. <laughs> I should probably ask, when is this airing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll find out in a couple weeks. Well, so if... if I mean, I'm going to put it in, into the description um, where everyone gets this, for, where they get the book, your website, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. If yeah. someone's looking to maybe get in contact with you, they're, they might look to bring on your services. What's the best way of them reaching out? Is it get through the platforms directly or what's the website? That? Website's got an email address. Okay, perfect. Well, I appreciate all your insight, Laura. Thank you for giving us the time and for all the insight. Impressive, impressive start. It sounds like you're just getting going. Yeah, thank you. And sorry, I sound so stuffy. 
No problem at all. <laughs> Thank you again, Laura. Um, have a great one, all you listeners. And please subscribe, please share, and tell your friends. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.